I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. In our weekly preaching through Proverbs, we are actually at the beginning of chapter 3, and we will come to 9 eventually, but today rather than doing an a in-depth exposition of chapter 9 and explaining what's there and applying it to our lives, we want to look at it in, a, in an overview fashion and to see how this is um, a foundational chapter for uh, the Lord's Supper and can help us to think about the Lord's Supper in a little different light. Um, and so we will look at it as, as a devotion, as a meditation preparing us to come to the table. Listen to the reading of God's holy word, Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the, in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come. Eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man and cures injury, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, and bread e eaten in secret is pleasant. But she does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. This is the word of the Lord. Father, thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, that Lady Wisdom... And her maidens are calling out, inviting us to a banquet. Lord, we know that as she is calling out and inviting us to a banquet that will delight and satisfy and give life, that woman folly is crying out loud. She's crying loudly, Father. She is beckoning us to turn in to eat from her table. 
to eat the, her supplies that are forbidden and hidden and stolen. Lord, may we see clearly these two invitations. And would you grant to our spirit the ability to turn, to turn into the house of wisdom and to receive the banquet prepared there for our enjoyment and for our life. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray, asking that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes. And together, God's people said, Amen. If you remember when we went through the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus, in one of his later uh, parables, he gives a, a description of something, and I just want to remind you of that. He says in uh, his uh, later parables, he describes something known as the wedding feast in Matthew 22. It says, And Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be prepared to, compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. And he sends other servants, and they are rejected. And then finally, he says, all right, go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. When we think about that parable of the wedding feast, sometimes we only think about Jesus as everything that he thought of had never been said before. But I think if you think about it, you can realize that Christ was most likely building and developing uh, and even adding his, his own twist on Proverbs 9. That's what that parable of the wedding feast is. You, you have here uh, in Proverbs 9 the wisdom calling out. And Christ takes that as the kernel of his story. And he makes it about a, a father inviting people to the wedding of his son. But in Proverbs what you have is actually two invitations. You have an invitation to a feast that wisdom is throwing, and you have a feast that folly is throwing. These two women, uh, the woman wisdom and the woman folly. And so it's helpful for us to see that because in, in uh, the life of Christ, he's, he's saying that we're to come to him and that he's life. So he's invited us to a feast. But it's helpful to see in Old Testament, before Christ has been fully revealed, the foundations of that so that we can understand what the alternatives are. So this meditation I have entitled, Two Dinner Invitations, RSVP. Two Dinner Invitations, Respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. You are invited to respond. What are the two invitations? One is the invitation of wisdom, 
and the other is the invitation of folly. Let's look first at the invitation of wisdom. It says that wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. Lots of things, and when we look at it more in depth, we can talk about what this means. But wisdom is applying God's truth, the skill for living in a godly way. It's the way in which God used His uh, knowledge in a beautiful and skillful way to not only make the world, but also to design His plan for redeeming the world and for bringing the world to faith. In the New Testament, the church is likened to a house. In fact, it says it's the pillar, a pillar of truth. So wisdom is the mind of God, both in creation and then later in redemption. In fact, you see this exact pattern in Proverbs. Chapter 8 of Proverbs is about creation. It's all about the wisdom of God in creating the world. And chapter 9 is all about the wisdom of God in redeeming the world. How does he make the world, sinful world, one with himself? And so you're seeing these foundations being laid. So this is God and His goodness and His knowledge and His beauty. All of these things manifested in wisdom. And there is a house being built. We are invited to come to that house. The idea of the seven pillars, of course, seven being an I, the, the number for perfection. So this is the, the, the house of perfect dimensions. But also to have seven pillars means it's a very large house. It's a very spacious house that if you are willing to come, there is room for you at this banquet. Now notice that this is a banquet that is going to be based upon a sacrifice. You see in verse 2, she has slaughtered her beast. She has sacrificed her beast. This means that there, in order for this uh, a banquet to take place, in order for the enjoyment of all of the guests who are invited, there had to be a death. There had to be blood shed. That was the basis for the enjoyment of the guest. It also says she has mixed her wine. So this is going to be the, the finest of meat and the finest of wine that are, are prepared for the guest. This is no simple, simple meal of bread and water. This is the choicest of things. This is the finest, the most expensive of things. And there is death. There is sacrifice that makes it possible for the guest to enter in and to enjoy. We also see it says she has also set her table. Just as we have this table set in front of you today. Not with elements that we imagine. But the elements that Christ told us to. The bread to symbolize his body. The cup filled with the fruit of the vine to symbolize his blood. And so we have here these, this table being set. We also see, though, that this invitation is not just something you somehow find out about in some kind of vision, or you find out about it if you're in the secret group. It says in verse 3, she sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Uh, uh, the gospel is not secret. The, the message of Jesus Christ is not exclusive. 
It is not for the elite. It is not for those with great learning. It is for anybody that will come. So, so I want to be clear. The only way you will ever be excluded from the table of Christ is if you exclude yourself. We often think about God and His plan of how He ordained things before the foundation of the world and we confuse ourselves. Let me just tell you, the gospel is a call that is generally poured out to the world. It is seed that is sown everywhere without any sort of thought of what kind of soil it might be fallen on. It's just throwing. So we throw out the gospel net again today. In this room, if you've heard the gospel a thousand times, or this is your first time, if you're five years old or 95 years old, the gospel call is coming out to you. From the highest places in town, these evangelists, these Female evangelists are going out and they're, they're calling. It's a general invitation. Will you come to this feast? You don't have to have money to pay. In fact, you couldn't afford it, even if you did have money. You are invited to the feast. There is room for you. You can't say, well, there's not room for me. You can't say you're too bad. He's, they're not just going around and handing out secret invitations only to a select few. They are literally getting on the very top of the highest place and calling out generally to anybody who can hear, come to the feast. In fact, you'll see the invitation there beginning in verse 4. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Remember, Proverbs is addressed Primarily to two groups, the simple and the wise. The simple are those who uh, it can be a, um, a, a synonym for the word youth. It means the people who are young. It can be inexperienced. It can be gullible. But primarily what simple is, is when you're in that state where you are uncommitted. You're open to everything and uncommitted to anything. It's just like you want all your options. You're not committed in marriage. You're not committed to a job. You're not committed to a certain set of beliefs. You're, you're just open. Whatever might, wind might blow through the door of your house, you say, well, I'm going to try that out. And he says, if you are an uncommitted, open person who has no life commitments, wisdom has invited you. She sent out her maidens to call out and say, come to a feast. This is the most sumptuous feast. There is room for you at this feast. This is a feast of the finest things. Not just a, a little bit to eat, but all of her beasts have been sacrificed. Her, her wine has been mixed. And she doesn't say, come in here if you've already got this all figured out. She invites the uncommitted. I hear people all the time, they're excluding themselves. Christ wouldn't want me. I'm not invited to his table. He doesn't know, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how long I've rejected. You don't know who I am. Christ does. And I want as his representative to say to you, you are welcome at this table if you will but come. If you will come, it does not matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been. If you will leave the dark 
works behind. And you will come to this table in humble love for Christ. Christ receives sinful men and women. It's open. It's open to the simple. It's open to those who have never made that commitment. Today, commit. Today, find your place at this table. Those who lack sense. You, you, you've never really thought about life. You've never thought about what it means. You've never thought about how fleeting it is that, that you're not going to have an endless number of opportunities to be invited to Christ. That there may come a day when you don't care about the invitation to Christ, but today you hear it. And, and, and wisdom and her maidens are crying out, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. When you come to this, this is not your bread. This is not your wine. It is Christ. This is not our table. This is Christ's table. We stand as representatives of Christ and we call you to come to His table. It's His bread, His wine, it's His body, His blood. Now notice this invitation to the simple, to the uncommitted, to those who lack sense. This is one of the things that I just want to make clear. If as Jesus says, it's not the eating of the bread and drinking the wine. You can go through the motions and not mean it. But if you eat that bread with faith in the body that was really broken for you, the body of Jesus, that he really did die on that cross, he was torn apart so that you could be made whole. His blood was shed so that all of the vile sins of your heart could be washed clean. If you will trust that, you will live. You know, people have spent millennia looking for the fountain of youth. In the United States, we might not think it's some waters at some spring, but we think it's in some pill, some cosmetic, some process of freezing our bodies and waiting for some other time, some ability to somehow become transhuman. The invitation is not only open to all. The results of eating of this bread and drinking of this cup with faith in, in what it means and the one who has given it to us, it is the promise of it is eternal life. Can you imagine if you eat and drink of the Lord Jesus Christ with faith, he says, you'll live forever. I mean, it's really remarkable. This is an invitation that says, this is the fountain of life. I am the bread of heaven. I am the light of the world. I am the water of life. Jesus is saying, come to me, eat of me, trust in me, and you will live and you will walk out your days in insight. We see then after that, that Lady Wisdom is saying, you know what, some people just can't be reasoned with. Scoffers, that's about the worst. Those are the people who are sneering their nose at this invitation. Like, really? You really think that has any efficacy? He says, if you try to correct a scoffer, you're just getting abuse. You try to, re 
you try to reprove a wicked man, you're just, they're just going to they're just going to beat you up for, for saying something like this. He says, don't reprove a scoffer or he'll hate you. Reprove a wise man and he'll love you. So what are you? If you're simple but you want to become wise, do you hear this invitation? I mean, you've been invited to do a lot of things. You've been invited to a lot of dinners, a lot of homes to eat or restaurants to go out and eat. But I can guarantee you, not one of them says, eat of this and live forever. But this one does. So what do you do? Well, verse 7 or verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This means this. You know what the fear of the Lord fundamentally is? It means I actually believe that God exists that God has spoken and that he has called, he has both promised me great things if I will believe and take hold of him and he has threatened destruction if I turn away. God is, God has spoken, he makes great promises and he also very clearly makes very stern threatenings. That, that's what it is. In other words, to fear God is to actually believe that what Jesus said, that what Proverbs says, that what the New Testament says about taking this and eating and believing that, it, that, it's, that it's real. And that if you refuse this meal, you're refusing life. You refuse this meal, you're refusing forgiveness for your sins. That, that you are a person who does not need to pray and ask God for forgiveness. And so, you want to begin down a path of wisdom? Then take God seriously. He's laid out a banquet before you. Will you take it? In the old covenant here in verse 11, for by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. Wisdom is that way. I mean, it's, this is not a promise, but this is a general principle that people who... Live wisely, live longer. But in the new covenant, it's not only you live longer, you live forever. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. If you believe in him, you will live forever. But that's not the only dinner invitation you've ever gotten. There's another dinner invitation, and it's right here. Look in verse 13. The woman folly is loud, and she is seductive and knows nothing. I don't know if you've ever been to tourist towns, but when you go to a tourist town and, and you're there and they have the people standing outside the restaurants... <laughs> And they're like yelling at you, come eat here, it's the best food you've ever had, right? And they're like trying to grab you and pull you up to the, up to the menu or to pull you in the door. That's this loud, seductive woman. It, it, it's, she's point, painting a, a, a portrait of, here's the meal, right? It's the Denny's menu. She's putting it out in front of you. Here's the picture of it. She, she thinks that by her loudness and by her saddling up next to you that she can seduce you. 
And, and let me just tell you, any other meal, at the spiritual meal that you eat, that is precisely what it is. You're either eating of Christ or you're eating of the world. And it says that she's loud, she's seductive, and she knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat in the highest places of the town. So it's not just that you find this in some dark back alley of the city. It, these can be even the, the leading lights and the brightest lights and the first lights that you see. And, and she is along with the women who have been sent out by wisdom. She's calling. So right now, as you have the Lord calling out to you through his word, the enemy of men's souls is also calling out and saying, just wait. Why don't you actually, there's some, there's some dainty morsels that I have. There's some very tasty morsels that you can find at my table. You haven't tried everything that I've got on my menu. Notice she offers an invitation. Verse 16, whoever's simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, notice her words, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. You know, let's, let's just be clear. Satan has created nothing. The only thing he can do is counterfeit and pollute. He's, he's having to operate with the things of God and he counterfeits them. And he pollutes them. And, and so notice, whereas the wisdom is saying, you are invited to the most sumptuous, delicious feast imaginable. She, she, she's saying, look, here's, it's not just even wine of the highest quality. It's stolen water. Oh, and that's sweet. And, and, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Do you notice what she is what she is trying to appeal to? She's trying to appeal to the very thing that the cunning serpent in the garden did with Eve. And that is, God is keeping the best stuff away from you. And if, if you'll just take a hold of the forbidden, the forbidden is where the real happiness is. Those of us in this room who have tasted of sin, which would be everyone in this room, we know that it may start out sweet, but it goes down bitter. We know that what we thought was going to satisfy, that rather it creates cravings that rather than strengthening us ultimately end in our destruction. She's appealing to that idea that somehow the greener grass is on the other side of God's regulations, that the world really has true joy, that they have the great banquet. And if we could just get that forbidden fruit, that's what sweetness is. Even if it has to be stolen or it has to be hidden and eaten in secret, that's the good stuff. This is exactly the invitation that is put out in front of us all the time. And here, folly is just exposed. This is what she says. She said it to every generation. You know what? People have gone in and they've eaten the food laced with arsenic. It may taste good for a moment, but ultimately it poisons and it kills. When you 
when you believe her, what you're ultimately saying is, I don't fear God. The only thing I really care about is what I think will make me happy. I don't trust God. That's fundamentally what was happening with Eve. She didn't trust God. God was, was somehow hiding out because she could see that forbidden fruit and it looked delightful to her eye. And so God must have been keeping and Satan was whispering in her ear, if you eat it, you're going to be like God. Will you at this moment hear that God is not surprised by Satan and his tactics, by his schemes and by his devices, that he knows that Satan presents Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. He knows what he presents and he's telling you, this is his trick. In the words of Thomas Brooks, he presents the bait and hides the hook. We don't realize that as fish we're going to dive down and chomp into this bait and that we literally are hooked. And verse 18 makes it plain. But she does not know that the dead are there. And her guests are in the depths of Sheol. So, what are we saying? If you refuse to come to the banquet of the Lord in humble faith and repentance, saying, I I realize the food I've been eating in the world is is not going to satisfy, and ultimately, it's, it's not good for me. And I'm in humble faith to come and take the forgiveness and the life offered through Jesus Christ. If you understand that and you will receive it, then you are living in the fear of the Lord. You believe Him. But if you want to just continue and say, you know what, I, I don't think there's room for me, God doesn't know me, I'm too bad, I'm too far gone... The only one that is excluding you from this table is yourself. Christ says, come unto me. Come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will you come to Christ? Will you come to Christ and live 10,000 years from now, 10 million years from now, we'll see each other. And we will say, we are so glad that we turned our backs on the world, that we turned our backs on woman folly. She was loud, she was seductive, but she knew nothing. Her food led to death. This simple meal, but profoundly filled with love and sacrifice, is a meal that will lead to life. Would you pray with me? Father, you've put the invitation and you've told us that we are to respond. We are to respond. Lord, not just with the simple eating of bread and drinking of of the cup, but with faith. Not to come to a table first, but to come to Christ, come unto me. Lord, I pray that in this room, that right now, that not one person would be excluded. Every person in this room would say, I'm coming to Christ right now. 
Jesus, you are my all and in all. I need you. I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. I am a dead person with dead men's bones. I need life. I'm headed toward the grave. And apart from you, there is no hope. But with you, there's life everlasting. Lord, this is not a one-time meal. This is a lifetime meal. And so we say we come again to this meal. We need it. We're going to give up our mistrust of you. We're going to stop listening to the loud, seductive words of woman folly, thinking that, thinking that stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Instead, we're going to come to the very public, very visible, very spacious, very gracious, very satisfying meal. The supper of our Lord in faith taking of Jesus Christ. So Lord, thank you. We do make this prayer in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for these that have today said they want to come. They want to come. They want to eat of this table. Bless them. Lord, now as we all prepare to do so, I pray that we would do that with faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And together God's people said, Amen.